When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. All right, so uh, here are some of the uh, headlines for today. As we've been talking about, the Elks lose 26-18 in Calgary. Their record drops to 3-9 and nine on the season. The Stamps have won nine out of the last 10 Labor Day showdowns, all time on Labor Day. It's 30 wins apiece with one tie. The other Labor Day game today, Toronto over Hamilton, 28-8. The Blue Jays swept a twin bill from Baltimore, winning 7-3 and 8-4 Saturday night. U of A Golden Bears football team losing their season opener 30-21 at UBC. Jelena Mergenovic, the great Edmonton boxer, falling in a unanimous 10-round decision in Mexico to Erica Cruz. So Cruz retains the WBA featherweight belt. There you have it. The uh, Labor Day rematch will be Saturday at 6 on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Our coverage on 6.30, Chad, will start with the countdown to kickoff at 4.30. Really appreciate you tuning in. I was going over it earlier, some of the, uh, the, the mistakes or key plays that the Elks didn't make today that led to this loss. Uh, I mean, just to quickly summarize, you, you had a, a, a penalty that negated a gain in the first quarter, and then on second and 21, it's a bad snap that Calgary recovers. You had a uh, penalty that uh, negated a 27-yard gain that would have had the Elks on the nine-yard line first and goal. Instead, the Elks wound up punting third quarter as a whole. Not good for the Elks. They were outscored 15-3. They only had one first down in the entire two-quarter. Uh, their first three possessions, two and out, two and out, two and out with a blocked punt that led to a Calgary touchdown to make it 22-8. And then with the Elks needing a stop in the fourth, Calgary didn't just convert a second and six from their own 42. They got 37 yards on it. It did lead to a missed field goal, but it put the Elks down by eight instead of seven. They would not get any closer. 26-18 is the final. We got to acknowledge the bright spots, and I think one of them, not just today, but on the season, has been Jake Serezna, who finished with four tackles and two sacks. He spoke to Morley and Dave after the game. Jake, uh, this falls under the close but but no cigar category. You guys hung with the Stampeders throughout this football game. Just give me your thoughts on, on the way you guys played. Uh, I thought one of your better performances this year, but just came up short. Yeah, um, we definitely played hard. We had a... We fought right to the end. Um, it was a tough, close game, and you know it just feels like we're we're a couple pieces away from kind of putting it together and playing a complete game and coming out of the W. So we we got them again on Saturday. So we just got to hit the film room, uh, practice hard, and uh, get ready to play them again. Kind of a, a new look defensive line tonight. Avery Ellis uh, with the addition, uh, Jamin Pelly back into the lineup. Ely's been around for a few weeks now. Just talk about how you guys were kind of meshing together and getting some pressure and a couple of sacks. Yeah, you know. Um, we had a great uh, practices all week. I played with Avery back when I was in Ottawa in 2017, so I know him really well. You know, we, we clicked the second he got here. And, uh, you know, Pelly's a great player, too. So we all, we're all we're, we're a close-knit group, and uh, we just pride ourselves in, in getting pressure on the quarterback and, and stopping the run. You got through the second quarter tonight, but it was the third quarter that bit you in this one. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just you got to play four quarters. You, you got to play through all the ups and downs. You know, sometimes they're going to hit us, and we and we got to hit back. So, um, you know, they, they beat us by one score tonight. They got the better of us. Hats off to them, and uh, looking forward to playing playing them again on Saturday. You've been through this before, this turnaround, Jake. But but tell me, I know you had a, a back to back with Ottawa, but you had more time in between. And you know, in this Labor Day series, you don't. What what benefit can that be for you and your team to get back on the field right away? Because there's not really much either side can really change. Yeah, I mean, um, I played in played in the Labor Day and rematch uh, two times before, so you know. You it's, it's a quick turnaround, and, you know, last year we played three games in seven days, so it's not really a big deal um, for the guys that have been around. You know, we, we've, we've been through this before, so it's just business as usual. All right, so that is Jake Ceresna, who continues to have a pretty good season on the Elks' defense. Avery Ellis was the guy that came in in the trade that involved Thomas Costigan and Nafis Lyon, and Avery Ellis wound up with three tackles, and he had a sack today as well, so maybe some potential there for him to jump in and uh, be able to do what Costigan was doing along the defensive line. On offense, Kevin Brown turning a lot of heads uh, out of the University of the Incarnate Word, and uh, Morley was on the show uh, Thursday or Friday saying that, watch out for this guy at practice. He's going to play. He gets some touches. He's quick. He's not that big, but he keeps grinding for yards. And he did that. Six receptions for 51 yards, uh, five carries for 45 yards. I, I mentioned he had a reception negated by a penalty that was a 27-yarder. So he was quick. He was tough to bring down. And he spoke to David Morley after the game as well. Kevin, thanks for your time tonight. Congratulations on getting your first CFL game under your belt. Just tell me how you felt today. Obviously, score aside, it's not, uh, not what you wanted to see, but how'd you feel in the football game? Um, I felt good. Uh, at first, I came out there, I was a little nervous, but once uh, we got the ball rolling, I started felt more comfortable. Uh, did you feel like you were a spark for this offense? You seemed to get a, some, some pretty important plays at some pretty important time tonight. Um, I just try to do my job the best I can, and uh, hopefully we all just click. Tell me about being on this stage, and you know, you, you've had to had uh, you had to be coached up quick on the Labor Day rivalry, but you understand rivalry games, I'm sure, from college. But tell me about the stage you're on today, and just being able to pre perform in this setting. Um, it felt good. It was a dream come true, you know. Ever since I was a child, playing in front of a, a big stadium, and so I mean, it felt good. It felt uh, unreal. So, what's the quickest turnaround you've ever played in your career from one game to the next? Because you got a game coming up on Saturday. Um, I'll say this is the fastest. Okay. <laughs> yeah. so, what, so what's the key? What, what do you have to do to get ready now? Rehab treatment, man. Get in there and get your body right. All right, rehab and treatment. That's uh, the Kevin Brown formula for getting ready for the Labor Day rematch. He was an exciting player. Could come out of the backfield, could catch the ball, quick burst when he gets the ball, and really impressed with how he keeps grinding for yards after he's hit. I mean, like I said, he's not the biggest guy, but he bounced off and even dragged some guys with him for extra yards along the way. So he was a difference maker for the Elks this afternoon as well. The quarterback battle, neither quarterback lit it up yardage-wise. Cornelius winds up throwing for more yards as compared to Jake Mayer. You had Cornelius going 22 for 33 for 257 yards and two touchdowns. Mayer, 18 for 26, 238 yards, two touchdowns. He was intercepted in the first half. I, I you know, Corny got the long touchdown pass to uh, Dylan Mitchell, who had a pretty good game uh, in the, uh, and he got the touchdown in the first quarter. And then you had Mayer, though, after I thought a very shaky first half for him and I was watching some of the TSN panel at halftime and they were talking about do you put Bo Levi in or 
if you're saying we're going to mayor, do you leave mayor in and say it's your team and you got to figure it out? Well, Dave Dickinson chooses to stay with mayor and let him figure out. And ultimately he did that. He was really sharp in the, I think, especially in the third quarter, a couple of nice throws to the end zone. Um, you know, he got a nice throw on a two-point convert as well. So even though Cornelius, I mean, his completion percentage was fine today, exactly two-thirds. He was 22 out of 33, and he had a few more yards than Mayer. I thought Mayer won the quarterback battle. And you heard Chris Jones say it in his post game with Morley and Dave before we went to the 7.30 news. You know, like a couple of throws, like he missed that bubble throw where he just kind of fired it too hard into the ground. And I, I personally still think, and I realize there's there's more to these plays than just the quarterback. You have to have the blocking and you have to have the receivers getting open. I, I think there are too many plays when, where Cornelius hangs onto the ball just a little too long. And uh, and that's a, a little costly. I, I know you can't just go back there and fire it away. You don't want to get intercepted, but uh, just too many plays along those lines. So we'll see if the Elks can finally get it. They've lost 13 straight at home. I, when did I do this? Last Monday, I did all 13 chapters of uh, the home losing streak with uh, going back to October 26, 2019. That was chapter one to Saskatchewan. How many times have I lost to Calgary in there? Uh, September 11th, 2021. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. They lost to Calgary. That was the rematch, 32-16. And July 7th of this year, they lost 49-6. So a couple of those games have been against the Calgary Stampeders. All right. So that's the story on uh, the Edmonton Oaks. Uh, Labor Day, I want to take a quick opportunity. Often on a, a stat hall, they will will do a full best on show and recap some of our best interviews. And I thought, you know, I, I want to talk a lot about the Elks today. Mooner came on. But I don't want to lose the opportunity to play chunks of a couple of green interviews we did do here over the summer. And a couple of weeks ago, I was joined by Nick Lewis, one of the all-time greats when it comes to CFL receivers. And uh, he reacted to some comments made by uh, former CFL and NFL receiver Chad Okosinko. There's only 1,500 players in the NFL, right? So I go to the CFL and thinking, okay, this is going to be a breeze. This is going to be a breeze. I get there, first practice, I'm like, whoa. These dudes are good. And so every week we would play a different team, Toronto, Saskatchewan. And I'm looking at the landscape like, why are you not down there? The numbers. The numbers. There's only so many people and certain opportunities. And, you know, dude, the CFL was really very surprising because everybody was good. They were good enough to be down here playing in the NFL. Well, one guy who was really good in his CFL career, so good he went into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame in 2021. You knew him mostly as a Calgary Stampeder, also played for the Alouettes, and he's appeared on Inside Sports several times over the years. Former receiver Nick Lewis checking in. Nick, you're on with Reed. Good to talk to you again. I'm going to dive right in. Your reaction to what Chad Okosinko was saying there. I mean, it's so true. You hear from so many people. I mean... Uh, from Ricky Williams coming up, having 323 yards rushing in 10 games, going back to the NFL and putting up 1,600 the, the first year back, to Andre Risen coming up here and doing what he does, Chad coming up and get 191 yards. I mean, it's definitely 
you know, one, it's a different game. Two, I hang out with a lot of NFL guys, and I get a lot of respect for what I do. And a lot of CFL players get respect for playing in the CFL. It seems to only be the CFL fans that believe American players only come here because they don't think they can play in the NFL. And that is not true. I had 12 NFL teams off me contracts in 2000, going into 2006 in my third year, and I turned them down to stay in the CFL. So um, D-Roy's done it. I'm pretty sure Milt's done it and others. So um, it is a different game. There's players, that, there's players in the NFL that can't come to Canada and play in Canada in the Canadian game because it doesn't fit their skill set. But there are players that can play in both. So when you say that maybe sometimes a skill set in one league doesn't translate to the other, are we talking, because look, if you play pro football, you're fast and you're probably pretty big and you're probably pretty tough. Is it like, is it just a certain type of speed or a certain type of physicality that sometimes works better in one league or the other? No, it, it, it's not about speed. Um, the CFL games actually play a little bit faster than the NFL game overall because every, everybody plays a size down. When you look at when, when I played with the Stamps, we had Deron Mayo that ran a 4 playing Will Linebacker. I don't think there's an NFL linebacker, maybe Micah Parsons, that's 4-3, low 4-4, but to actually run a 4 and play that position, in the NFL he would get safety. So maybe he doesn't have the cover skills to play safety in the NFL, but he's a great tackler. He can guard running backs out of the backfield. He can do all these things, but maybe he's a little undersized. It'd be a little hard when you look at Willie Jefferson. He can pass rush against any tackle there is on planet Earth. But when you're running downhill in an inside zone game in the NFL with a smaller field, he's a little light in the ass. So he's going to get pushed out of the way when it comes to running the ball. So there's multiple things within the game of understanding what makes it hard for certain people to play there for long term has nothing to do with skill set. It just has to do with the dynamics of the game. Yeah, I like how you describe that. I mean, and you've been out there, so you understand the nuance and and uh, all the little intricate details about uh, player skills and why somebody's good at a certain position. I, I like how you explain that. It's, it's a good transition. Reed, Reed, Reed yeah. I, I want one question for you. Who do you think is a better athlete, me or Wes Welker? Geez, I've never thought about that. I, I, I assume you want me to say you. I know you're a pretty darn good athlete. No, I'm, just, a... I'm just asking you. I'm just asking. Like, like just, if you just look at us play, who do you think the better athlete is? Well, I, I, would, say, I, would, say, I would say you, all-round athleticism. And, and that's the whole thing. It's like it's not about skill set or athletic ability, you know, West did a great job of what he did in his career, mismatches against linebackers and safeties. I was a little different receiver. I was shifty early in my career. West was a little bit faster than I was, but I had a 43-inch vertical coming out of college. I, was, I feel like I was way more athletic than West, but at the same time, that's where you have to start to go in and when you start comparing guys like... Yeah, there are some guys here in the CFL that are way more athletic than some of the NFL guys, but it's a difference. And there's, and there maybe it's the body type, maybe it's something else that doesn't line up for them to play long term in either one of the leagues.
That was an interesting perspective there from uh, Nick Lewis. It is the Labor Day edition of Inside Sports on 630 Ched. The Elks lose by eight in Calgary. Back to wrap it up. Your home for all the news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Ched. Thanks for checking out the show tonight. Hope you had a great long weekend. Uh, unfortunately, it does not go well for the Elks on Labor Day. They lose 26-18 to the Stamps. Got out of hand in the third quarter with uh, Calgary outscoring Edmonton 15-3 in the third. The Elks only had one first down that entire quarter. Uh, we'll have what we're going to do is usually we have the Elks this week on Monday, but you got inside sports tonight after the game. So I'll have inside sports starting at 6 tomorrow until 7.30. The Elks this week with Morley Scott will be from 7.30 to 8, and then full two-hour editions of Inside Sports Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday from 6 to 8. And part of what we will talk about is getting you ready for the Labor Day rematch on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. That is coming up on Saturday night. I mentioned I wanted to reflect on a couple of really interesting interviews we had here in the month of uh, August. Usually we do a full best-of edition here on a holiday Monday. Todd Woodcroft is Jay Woodcroft's brother. Jay, of course, the head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. Todd was in town as an assistant coach for Team Sweden at the World Juniors. He was generous enough to top on the hop on the show one night. And uh, Todd talked about, uh, I asked his uh, reaction when Jay got hired as head coach of the Oilers. Well, at that point, I'm not a hockey coach. I'm not a fan. I'm not anything else except a family member that's so proud of an achievement that Jay has started. That's just one of his milestones that he wants to achieve now, and that was to be an NHL head coach. And I think it kind of gets lost in the shuffle. Like, this is 17 years in the making for him, right? So he's grinded and grinded and grinded to get here. And it's a great lesson for everybody who's coaching or whatever craft that you're doing. If you keep at it and you work and outwork people, I think you will be able to realize your goals. And that was what happened for Jay. I think he's really talented. Uh, I'm obviously biased. But when he called me and told me all that stuff was out the window, it was just, I'm so proud of him. I'm so proud of him. And then to see the success that the Oilers had, and he was a part of that success, and the success that the organization had, and he was a part of that success, that was that was really, really a proud moment for myself, and I know for the rest of our family, too. It was, it was a great thing to see, and, and I think the team is going forward, and that Ken's done an amazing job bringing in some players, and now it's going to be incumbent on Jay and Dave and the rest of the staff to make sure that they, they, they keep this thing humming. You know, you got two of the best players in the world, maybe maybe the best player in our generation to be, be in there. So they're, they're so uh, lucky to have those pieces, and now they're going to have to keep grinding. But, again, it's funny, but the other 31 teams, they all want to win too. And the other 31 teams, they're getting better in the summer too. So nothing's going to be easy. Yeah. I got to ask you another one from the family standpoint. So we got you, we got Jay, uh, we got another brother, Craig, who's also a hockey yeah. coach. Now, yeah, he's in, he's in uh, Russia in the KHL. Yeah. yeah. So can you explain that? Did, did two guys follow the <laughs> other guy? Is there some family gene that wants you to lead and instruct <laughs> and strategize? Like, what's, how do you explain it? Well, I, I think we're. We're the prototypical hockey family, right? Like we grew up 
you know, middle class uh, in Toronto, which is hockey consumes everything like it does in Edmonton or it does in Vancouver or Calgary or Montreal or any Canadian city uh, in all the small cities that surround those big cities. And, and our older brother, Craig, he was the best player of all of us, all three of us. I'm by far the worst. I'm fourth out of three in skill. Um, Jay was a real good player, too, and we kind of followed him, you know, and his path. And he's a Blackhawks draft pick in the Canadian Olympic team and had a really, really good career and then played NCAA hockey. And Jay as well, um, having a great NCAA career. And then, a, you know, a, he at least got to play professionally. And all three of us kind of figured out early on if we're not going to be an NHL player, the the next best thing might be to be working in the NHL and uh, and coaching. And we all have had a a real passion for it. We had a hockey school together for about 25 years and really enjoyed um, developing young players and then really being around each other. So every summer, all three of us would work at our hockey school and it was an amazing accomplishment to see so many of those young players from all over the world we were in like 60 cities at one point and so many of those players who have come on and playing in the nhl and all that stuff is great but it boils down to us three guys being together and hanging out because during a year you don't have that you don't have that chance so being a coach you, you have new brothers right and new sisters that you're able to work with and they're your coaching staff or they're the, your, the staff that you're surrounded with and the, and the management and the organization and everybody is driven towards one goal and that's to win and you can do that as your team or you can do that as your family or whatever it might be so we've been we've been really blessed really 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 fortunate that all three of us uh have realized our dream of coaching um all three of us have had some you know i guess measure of success and all three of us are still driven to win at the highest level that we're at yeah, really interesting. Todd Woodcroft, current head coach at the University of Vermont. Jay's brother talked to him when he was in town coaching the uh, on the staff for the Swedish World Junior Team. We've spent a lot of time with him on air. It's an exceptional interview, so I wanted to play a good chunk of that here as uh, we take you through the Labor Day edition of Inside Sports. Ryan Murray, New Oilers defenseman, was on the show on Friday shortly after signing a one-year deal for $750,000. I asked him why he picked the Oilers. I think they have a great team. They've got a great group of guys. Um, obviously, a, a really good chance to win. And um, You know, you look at their roster up and down, and there's a lot of uh, a lot of great players in that team. So, uh, you know, couldn't ask for a better team to, uh, to be a part of. Murray with the Colorado Avalanche this past season. I asked him about his day with the Stanley Cup. Uh, I just went back to White City, my hometown there. We went to the rink. Um, took it to a few places in the city of Regina. Just kind of buzzed around a bit there. And then took it out to my cottage and then had a little party at the end of the night. And, uh, yeah, it was fun. We got to see, you know, all, all different types of uh, types of people, people I went to high school with, people I haven't seen in a long time, um, you know, old coaches, stuff like that. A lot of people just kind of came out and said hi. And, uh, you know, that was pretty special. It's, it's uh, you know, obviously very special sharing that all that, uh, you know, the festivities with your teammates and stuff. And then... You know, just having that kind of one day is, is kind of perfect. I don't think I, I don't think I would have needed it for more than one day. I think it was enough, and, and I think that a lot of people, you know, just being able to share that with them was was really special. A little bit from Ryan Murray, and of course, uh, don't forget Bob Stoffer as orders now from noon to two tomorrow. Dave Campbell's the producer of Inside Sports. Derek Scott, your studio producer this evening. You can get more on the Elks on 630chet.com, globalnews.ca. They lose 26-18 in Calgary. My name's Reed. Have a good night.